Hey everybody, welcome to Frame Rate, where we rate frames. Today, we have four people on this podcast, which is more than normal. It's either two or three. And today we have Maggie Mayfish. Hello. And Katie Stoll. Hi guys. Along with Michael and I as normal. Howdy, howdy. Maggie, please continue speaking nasally or people Hello. won't recognize you. <laughs> yeah, that's how we differentiate. <laughs> so, uh, let me let the audience know exactly what just happened. <sighs> so basically what we did is we found a version of I Love You, Daddy, which is the final... Final movie? One would hope it's the last one he gets to make. <laughs> uh, Louis C.K. movie in existence. Uh, and it, we really want to do it not because we're like necessarily big fans of Louis C.K. <laughs> Obviously... Uh, we all were having conversations about how, like, when he came on scene and he did his specials, like, funny guy. Funny <laughs> guy. Good stand-up. Uh, and Louis came out. Lucky Louis came out. But what we got now is a movie that we really want to talk about, given the news about Louis C.K. and his predatory aspects. We should say uh, we didn't pay that- for this movie. Yes. This was a torrent uh, you know, so there was no supporting of Louis C.K. Right. happening in any capacity in and this situation. Thank you for outing us <laughs> as criminals on the show. Did I hear that? Um, um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. You can edit this if you want. But <laughs> no, no, it's fine. But the address is. No. <laughs> Actually, one of the things that made me really want to cover this movie was when I was still on Louis's email list and I got the email that was announcing this movie's coming out and how excited he was about it like the eve before everything hit and it was this long diatribe about how grateful he was for everyone who funded Horace and Pete because that money directly funded I Love You Daddy Hmm. and I was never so glad to not have been part of something like (laughs) funding something and so I do think it's important to cover this horrible piece of shit A as a because it's a movies podcast so this is how we can talk about the cultural moment we're in through the lens of (laughs) movies but also because you got to know where your money goes affects everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sure, it's, yeah. it's really hard to see all these people. I like Edie Falco. Helen Hunt is Helen in it all Hunt. of a sudden. Like in the first shot, you see Helen Hunt and your heart sinks. Yeah. It's weird. Um, throughout the movie, we, we were having a conversation, you know, like, did people know? Um, I think that a lot of the actors probably most of them didn't know the rumors not necessarily like like you said we didn't, don't know mm-hmm. people's private lives but they read the script yeah and <laughs> like by bad. the by it's the yeah by the end i was like this is not it's poorly written it is offensive mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. so many on so many levels like uh it it's it's very difficult to understand why anybody would say yes to doing this project except for yeah. maybe the little girl uh, even if Grace. he was like a celibate priest you're like, so the script is offensive on its face. Like yeah. the right. scenes are offensive. Yeah, and like right. it's dr- it's message is confusing, and I'm sure that did not come across on the script either. Like, what are you trying to say about yeah stuff? Because while it it does seem to like wag its finger or say like, oh, this situation is bad, uh, where an older director is dating Louis C.K.'s young daughter, um, uh. It also justifies it a lot. And every single female character argues in support of it, saying that this you know, uh, yeah. gives terrible justifications for what is rape. Right. Um, 
And so it's very, it is, it's very confusing. It's, it's completely unclear what you're supposed to take away from it. Yeah. It felt to me like he was processing his love for Woody Allen. Like that John Malkovich is basically Mm -hmm. just Woody Allen. And he also wants to be Woody Allen. And it's, it, it, it seems confusing, I think, because he is confused. confused Yeah. Because it felt very much like. I'm going to put forth a question, which I think is actually a valid question we're all dealing with. If an artist you love turns out to be a total creep, can you still love their art? And of course, it's directly relevant to himself as well. (laughs) But like he seems to the whole movie becoming from the place of how can we still like Woody Allen? He never entertains the idea that there might be a line that you pass that is a transgression that, yeah, you should lose your career. And I and like he's not willing to say that right because he knows he's that guy Mm -hmm. and so it feels like all the scenes are approaching the question and attempting to approach it with tact very clumsily (laughs) but always from the standpoint of like can i use feminism to make it okay how can woody allen be okay and it's like why is that your overarching goal yeah and also just i mean overall the characters were not well written, not very, not at all, not at all, like surface level. So it's hard to like ask those questions and then have no interesting characters with a full life to like get into it. So it was like he was almost scared to ask these questions because he didn't even do it justice by writing a story that had anything to do with like feelings or interpersonal relationships. And it's like the thing when we were watching it, we're like, this would be an okay movie if it was told from the point of view of his daughter. Because mm-hmm. it's about her. Right. It, it is It is about her choices. But the movie he wrote was about this father trying to decide what mm-hmm. is okay and what is not okay in yeah. professional and yeah. home settings. Well, he his whole <sighs> Louis C.K. M.O. is I'm just this guy kind of blundering through life and like, oh, this is this crazy observation. And, uh, you know, you can't see me, but I'm like making the shruggy emoji. <laughs> I see you. Um, uh, you are the emoji. It's right. <laughs> but and like like you said, yes, this is a subject that we can dive into. But under no circumstances do we need to see it from that shrugging guy's point of view right like, you know yeah yeah let me um just uh for the audience because a lot of people weren't even when we tweeted it out weren't even familiar <laughs> with the title of it because mm-hmm. it had been so squashed by uh the distribution social yeah. and social media because the you know right it came out in like september 9th and that was just in limited release. So by the time that it hit any of our eyeballs, the news had already come by. So basically what there's only a few arcs. I'll go through it quickly. Basically Louis CK's the dad of Chloe, uh, Grace Moretz, who is like in a Lolita situation with John Malkovich, who's like idolized by Louis CK in this movie. He's like a famous director, kind of in like a Roman Polanski strange way, Mm -hmm. which we'll get into later. Uh, In addition, there's a lot of women around Louis C.K. who are instrumental in his decision making. And he's this, as Michael said, uh, this Woody Allen kind of figure who is just like kind of just ambling by. Uh, Rose Byrne is in it Mm -hmm. as this kind of like uh, possible... uh, professional relationship where she'll be the lead in his new sitcom is what it's implied. She's also a romantic interest. She's also a romantic interest. At one point they 
actually get together. Um, Charlie, and then after they get together in bed, she explains to him why young women should be allowed to fuck old men if they want. Right. right. Yeah. Just and one of many later, situations yeah. where a woman says that. Right. And he, then, yeah, later, uh, like, basically says that she slept with him for the role. Right. So it's like... And let's note that, like, so the whole crux of the movie from his point of view is constantly trying to tell his daughter you can't have sex with this old man and then eventually getting up the courage to confront the old man and say, are you having sex with my daughter? Then you just cut to the Emmys and they worked on a 12-episode season of television together and are collecting their Emmys. I don't think they worked on it together. I think he got kicked off of it. Yeah. Oh, okay. But I just the idea that he's even sitting with right. him at the Emmys right. talking about how much he admires him is so bizarre to me that he literally, he never addresses the, like, not only is he creepy, but his character is also wildly unprofessional all the time, like sleeping with a lead actress in a series you're writing. And no one even calls him out for that. Like, the unprofessionalism is not even on the movie's radar. Because yeah. there's so much crazier yeah. shit going on. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Charlie Day makes an appearance as uh, a, a very, very crude friend of Louis C.K., who at one point we all kind of two turned, points at two points we all <laughs> turned to each other and we're like because the situation was in the movie uh, that uh, Charlie Day hears that Rose Byrne is gonna be a possible like mm. I'm in the movie co-star. Yeah. co-star. And uh, he just starts vigorously masturbating on a couch while uh, he's on the phone with the girl. While Louis C.K. While is on the phone. While not yeah. actually masturbating. Not while, that it matters at all. Yeah. <laughs> just, right before Edie Falco thing, yeah. arrives, yeah. he does. He hi, he stops masturbating. He doesn't. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. He keeps going. Oh, he does. Yeah. So he's on the. So Louis C.K. is that. on the phone I with it Rose Byrne. Eddie Falco's in the middle of the room, right. being frustrated, and Charlie Day is on the couch aggressively masturbating for a solid two minutes yeah yeah it's like a pretty fake masturbating yeah, yeah it's it's pretty um it's, i just have to point out that it's offensive on so many different <laughs> levels because right before that he the like this is his first scene other than just seeing him walk into a hotel and be a cool guy and shake hands with the doorman and then it cuts to him and his opening bits are an al jolson mammy impression which I don't even think a lot of our listeners will be old enough to know who Al Jolson is, but trust me, it's wildly offensive. Like, he's essentially making a blackface reference. Uh, then he starts masturbating. <laughs> it's just like, boom, boom. And he's supposed <laughs> to be funny. All should say, you know, these are all comedians. It's supposed to be a comedy. There are, n- there's nothing funny about this movie. Oh, yeah, there last zero times. A- no jokes like uh, there's like two there's like two and i'm here to say maybe to my shame but i have to be honest i thought louis ck was incredibly funny like in his stand-up phase so i'm not i don't know Mm -hmm. i want listeners to know that i am grappling with that i'm not trying to gloss over like i can't lie and say when i saw his specials i didn't laugh my ass off no but i I don't anymore i actually think (laughs) it's important that we identify that it's not like the second that news hits that we're like all the things that we felt previous to it are not real. Right. Because that actually makes it like people on the other side who don't see the obviousness of how horrible the situation is are going to be like, well, those are just people who don't just reacted. Fun. No. Right. Or didn't even like him the first This is outside right. no, 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 of no. here. No. Yeah. Like this is a real situation and we are all have the ability to change. Hopefully like Louis C.K. will. Yeah. yeah. I know? mean, look. 
yeah, you can look at his old stuff. I, I mean, I haven't gone back to look at his old work since everything. I've known about the Louis C.K. allegations for several years now, and I've been really upset about it and right. uh, always mm-hmm. wanted to talk about it, but didn't feel like I could because it's not my story um, until these things started coming out. Um, so I stopped following him a while ago. But yeah, I can probably say that his work that I loved earlier, that I, I don't know if I would still like it, but this, but probably not. I probably wouldn't, but I haven't even bothered to look at it. But this, regardless of whether, of all this other stuff, if I watch this movie, I, I don't think there's anything funny about it. No. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. We all kind of like looked at each other and said like, uh, if the, if there was no allegations, like this might have ended his career. Yeah, it's that bad. It's so bad. It's It's a badly written, badly directed, badly put together. It looks like a student Uh, film. Looks like a student film. All all of those titties. The characters are entirely reactionary. Yeah. Uh, There's nothing that really happens. I understand that we said like, yeah, it's a Woody Allen thing. So it's like kind of people ambling by and like reacting to things. But like it it doesn't have any of the fangs that early Woody Allen has. It, it smacks of a later Woody Allen picture where yeah. it's just like a self-described like way to give myself an excuse mm-hmm. to look at women who are very young. And mm-hmm. that's essentially what the movie's about. Well, and one of the big takeaways is that Malkovich, A, I think they're like, well, he there was that scene where he obviously could have had sex with her and he didn't. So I guess it's fine that he was grooming her to have sex with her just because it didn't reach culmination. But also... Oh, damn, I lost my train of thought. Distracted myself. <laughs> um, Someone hop in. Also, it wasn't funny and bad. Gotcha. Yeah, you got go. your back. No, I <laughs> No, I just thought one of the big takeaways, I'm back on track, yeah, great. was, uh, yes, he's a child molester, but we're supposed to think John Malkovich is acceptable and not dangerous because he's open and honest about being a child molester. Like it's supposed to be refreshingly humorous that when he's with Chloe Grace Moretz in the mall, she's like, why'd you take me to the mall for a date? And he's like, cause I like looking at young girls here. And she's like, why? And he's like, cause they're prettier than old women. And she's like, that's charmingly honest, yeah, refreshingly like honest. And the takeaway I guess is that, which, and I resent it on every level that all men feel that way and we should just be honest about it. And it's like, no, Louis, you're trying to convince yourself that that is true. Yeah. It was yeah. so weird to see these characters say things like that because it's like, they, this is not speaking to me. So, like, I'm not the audience for this. Like, who is this ringing bells for? Or, like, who's sitting back being like, oh, yeah, like, yes, John Melkovich? Because it's like, like, that whole movie made me so uncomfortable. And, like, we were all cringing at different points. So, like, who is that for? Who did Louis think he was talking to yeah. when he was writing it? I mean, himself. It's, it's like, unbelievably tone deaf. He yeah. literally, Malkovich literally says, words written by Louis C.K., mm-hmm. uh, yes, I'm a pervert, but at least I'm talking to you like a normal human being, which to me is like kind of the thesis statement of this movie. Because it's kind of, as you can imagine, uh, this kind of condensed fake apology cry for help from Louis C.K. I mean, I don't know if it's a cry for help if like if if it's but it's clearly intentional. Uh, I don't him saying I don't know why I do this. I don't know if I'm right or whatever, but I understand that people react negatively to it and I have a lot of guilt about it. And that excuses it because I'm just a normal human being and I'm talking to you. Like that's a stand up is when he says like, 
I'm a shitty person. I'm just normal. I'm talking to you normal. But yes, I'm a pervert. And we're all perverts. Uh, Which is a statement, but it's also not a statement for him to make. I also, as you I just interviewed a sex therapist, and I think she (laughs) backed me up on this. There is like such a difference between openly exploring whatever sexual urges you have and being an adult fucking a kid. It's yeah. just very different. Or closing the door and masturbating in front of someone who is looking for a job from you. They're just totally right. different like than they're... like getting into S&M or whatever the fuck you want to do, which you, is fine. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, Katie, if you went back, no, it does not hold up. And uh, there's a Daily Zeitgeist episode recently where I forget her name, but a great comedian guest was saying, and I think this is so true. It's like, you also ruined your art. Like, fuck you for that. Because I tried Mm -hmm. to watch old Louis C.K. specials and it's legitimately ruined. It's creepy and disturbing. Mm -hmm. And as she said, which I thought was great, could you just not be a fucking rapist so I can fucking watch your movies? Like (laughs) every guy in Hollywood, just like, Mm -hmm. this is the bare minimum. I want to be able to watch Hook. God damn it. (laughs) It's interesting to me that by the end, there are also scenes where Louis C.K., basically directed camera, is sobbing, saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I fucked it all up. I'm nothing. It's too late. I can't fix it. So it's like, it's this crazy fever note from someone who like yeah, wants to be caught but still thinks they're it's, getting away with it. Right. Yeah, it's uh, from the very beginning. It just feels like, okay, so if I've known about these rumors for several years, they've been circulating for longer and he's been quashing those stories. Mm-hmm. He's got to know. In fact, Michael, I think that you're somebody that said it to me once like uh, when we were discussing this a while back before it broke where you were like if he was smart he would get out in front of it like you know yeah. like like say like i'm sorry guys i have some the confession to make i'm fucked up i need help help me right and then people would have been like you know there's a path there to redemption in a way um, that dan Harmon recently exactly did. yeah exactly in early january but so so all of this is happening and he makes a movie that is so twisted that is just going to poke the yeah. bee's nest so if the news hadn't broke it would have by this movie. Oh, right. and during the lead up to the movie being released, people asked him again about the rumors and he said what he had been saying, which is right. they're he crazy. It. Yeah. It's all lies. Which is uh, something in the movie uh, that he oh, yeah. defends the rapey older man by saying they're just rumors. Yeah, it's like mm. he literally has lines like, yeah, are we going to judge a great artist just right. because of some rumors that they're a pervert? You're like, OK. Yes. Come well, on, uh, <laughs> well, and the weird thing is, is because yeah, it's exactly like he and so many times like they could just address it and, you know, they could say, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm fucked up in this way or like, you know, whatever sort of apology. But again, his apology mostly talked about himself and it was like, you are just it's not sinking in. And this no. movie does nothing to help you. And it's just like it was like watching someone's like twisted psyche about making themselves feel better about something that they're clearly like super guilty about. I don't want to derail us, but I think it's like important that can we go around or at least like, especially you two guys. I'm going to say our voices. This is Katie Stoll right here. No, yeah, yeah. No, (laughs) no, no, no. no, no. (laughs) uh, What was the most memorable scene (laughs) Mm. for you guys? And like, what, what took you out of it the most? Like, what was the moment where you were like, fuck you, or it was like, I don't... There this were so is, many. The, yeah. I know there's a lot, but like... <clears throat> that 
because there's levels of complexity that made me more and more angry. And there was obvious ones where he was just like, I'm a pervert and that's fine mm-hmm. kind of stuff. But like, I don't know about you guys. Like, what are, what did you, what were your big scenes? I think the two moments, one with Rose Byrne and one with the teenage daughter, when they both said, yeah, I fucked an old dude at 15. Or as the teenage girl said, I had a boner for you when I was 14. Um, really, really, really upset me. Because uh, mm. uh, having women that he's listening to, schooling him, uh, saying, justifying, apolog- saying that this rape was okay. And also the vernacular of, I had a boner for you. Yeah. Is written like, by a man. Written by a man. <laughs> I, I, and you know, it's like an echo of a classically old toxic masculinity chestnut, which is, women just want to fuck their dads, man. You just got to be like their dad. That's how you get them. That's like, what that's, this whole movie that's was. That's a thing that... Yeah. Uh, an older generation believes about courting. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you, oh man, I don't know. I uh, this movie, it just like con- it just confused me because I think I expected it. I expected it to be more him defending himself or the other way, but it was just, like so middle wishy washy. It was almost just like really sad. But uh, yeah, I guess the moment uh, when he's like explaining what feminism is to his like young yeah. daughter. It was just like... And he was so disrespectful to her. Yeah. It's like, you were disrespectful. But even, like, the women characters that he wrote, like, one of them is just, like, mean for no reason. And his daughter is, like, so surface level that it was, like, ugh. Like, it doesn't... Ugh. Well, that was all. Calls him daddy, sits yeah, on his lap. Yeah, calls him daddy, sits and on the, his And lap. the arc of the movie is that she, at the end, she no longer calls him daddy, and she is like a stronger, more empowered woman, which because she's severed ties with him, and she's off making her own money and right. stuff like that. Um, so, like, that's also something that's confusing for me is, yeah, is that he's like, it, you see that he is saying he did this to his daughter, right? Um. I feel like he's grasping sometimes in the movie for the concept that f- doesn't feminism mean if a 14 year old wants to fuck me, she should be allowed to. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I think he tries to turn empowering his daughter into it's crazy. It's like any if you want to do a story about a daughter who grew up in a rich bubble and then finds her own sense of identity. Why would the methodology be uh, she fucks a really old guy? You go, girl. That's uplifting. You have the freedom to fuck a 70-year-old man if you want. He's like, use it's so it's such a warping of feminist ideology that Mm -hmm. it it fucking is really insulting. Multiple people, him and Malkovich, lecture the woman character Mm -hmm. on how feminism proves that she should fuck the old man. And the movie as a whole, this is what my takeaway was, or at least like the big thing that influenced me. Uh, just dealing with things as like looking at my own teaching and like the world that I came from mm-hmm. and like where I was when I learned about feminism and like how I wasn't taught that from the get go. These kinds of things. What's crazy about this movie is that there it's rampant in its uh, lines of dialogue that says like she's a badass or she's so great Mm -hmm. or she's like just in general, like ingratiating all the female characters in it. But in, it's like a double-edged sword. Like on one hand, it does that, Mm -hmm. which feels entirely false, not with the allegations, but just in the movie. Yeah. Uh, They turn the, like 
none of the women really have agency. They're entirely mm-hmm. reactionary, especially the woman who's like basically whose story it should be because it's that Lolita story right. as Maggie you mentioned yeah. like it should be Chloe Grace Moretz's story that's the most interesting person here mm-hmm. uh, dealing with these issues and she is just not able to suss out things in a way that a normal human would yeah. it's so one dimensional and so damaging to I think in a more like social media kind of like what we're aware of or what we're exposed to mm-hmm. in general online or just in life. Uh, this idea that like it replaces feminism. If you just say women are great. Well, yeah, that's totally true. People are great. Also like what the, f- like if you're going to do that this does shit, nothing, it's like actions. What you yeah, do it's is what, exactly. it's not what you say. It's not what we say online. You're just talking to, you know, your own bubble. But that made me think of the other thing that this movie brought up, which is that like dichotomy of women are either she's your daughter who's going to like fuck everything or she's like this professional woman who's like beautiful and a badass and like untouchable. It's like the And has her hair up. Without exception, if your hair's down, you're there to be leered at. If your hair is up, you're a mom. Right. Right. It had that like that, that dichotomy of thinking, which is dangerous and comes from you know misogyny well, yeah there's like uh, you're like we said earlier mm-hmm. zero development everybody's a one-dimensional character yeah. probably to try to create comedy but there's no comedy so mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. just weird it's supposed to be situational comedy it's supposed to be like look how w- he's in a colonel sanders like john malvich yeah. yeah like isn't that a strange situation to be he's eccentric he's yeah. got a uh, camouflage kimono <laughs> How hilarious. I'm like, I, uh-huh. I get how these are nods. I'm not trying to say like that type of comedy can't be like subtly funny. But, but the big yeah. Lebowski is that. You're just laughing yeah. at the situations mainly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and it, but here it just rings so false because it's just wrapped up in this horrible, rotten kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's it for me. It seems, well, you're talking about the double edged sword, and I feel like it really boils down to. Uh, certain guys feel that if they say, yeah, women are great, they're the stronger sex, men are pigs, you know, ha, ha, ha. They're re- it sounds complimentary, but they're basically saying, I'm going to continue being a pig because mm-hmm. that's, I think that's manly. And that's yeah. like, it's yeah. such a weird double-edged sword. Well, he said that during the election, he said that uh, Hillary Clinton, or a woman should be president because they're better, which is like, Mm, that's not actually complimentary no feminism is that the idea that men and women are equal and that does mean that women are you can can be just as shitty as men uh even with like sexual harassment stuff like and it's yeah yes yeah and you see that all (laughs) over this movie the thing about louis that we know i think we've touched on this earlier like okay he has his persona as being this kind of shitty guy turns out that's actually who he is this movie feels very autobiographical um he's surrounded by these women who are pushing him around and they're very one-dimensional and you're supposed to be sympathetic to him um but he does seem to like put women on pedestals in a way Mm -hmm. or like um dehumanizes them which is exactly the fucking problem with locking the door and masturbating in front of a lady yeah. you know uh it's just uh, the whole thing oozes that crazy fake uh pro woman 
thing yeah which is also very easy i'm sorry but i don't have to go there now <laughs> my favorite scene was when chloe moretz put on her uh hit girl costume from kick ass <laughs> and chopped off charlie day's hands oh, yeah, mine too. <laughs> fun fun but actually can i give the scene that i just want to call out the scene where it took me out of it because it was the only scene where i actually had a glimmer of hope that something was going to happen oh. uh charlie day's character goes straight up to john malkovich the first time they meet and who's the Roman Polanski stand-in or Woody Allen stand-in and says, so did you fuck that little girl like everyone says you did? And he says, oh, my, you're the first person to ever ask me that directly. And he goes, right, but did you fuck that girl? <laughs> and he goes, you know, I'll tell you about it sometime over drinks. Uh, and I was like, oh, shit, this is the scene where the emperor has no clothes is actually called out by any character. Oh, my God, like a breath of fresh air. Anyone calls out that this is just fucking insane. But <laughs> no. The comedic premise of the scene was actually how shockingly unprofessional and embarrassing it is that he brought that yeah. up. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, every fucking person on set who ever works with John Malkovich should be saying, I can't work with you till you resolve whether you fuck that girl. And if you feel bad and if you've addressed it, did you fuck that girl? Yeah. yeah. And if you're going to be cute about it and say, I'll talk about it with you over drinks. We're enemies now. And yeah. Charlie Day Charlie Day in the next scene has his arm around him and uh -huh. is just his pal and is no longer pressing him for information. So the scene that gave me hope then like dashed my hopes Within even more. Within five seconds. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just like, it's him being Kramery. Like, isn't it wacky that he said that moving on? Mm. I'm like, no, that's the whole crux of the thing. Yeah, that's what you should be talking about. It was also it was. maybe the only laugh that this room gave was yeah. when Charlie Day, so did you fuck that little girl? We, I mean, a laugh is a too strong of a word. Everyone well, like kind of really, like, huh. that, Someone like, said something sane. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah, a character said a thing that was motivated by something in the movie, <laughs> yeah. which... Uh, <laughs> what a humorous situation. Yeah. Oh, wow. brother. Uh, <laughs> but it's, I mean, there was a pal, like, it was palpable how, like... Maggie, you and I mm -hmm. looked at each other at one point. Yeah. Uh, near the end, there's a... It's like what we ought to have been the final shot. Uh, <laughs> there arguably, were several. For, re several. for reasons, there was, the final shot is the final shot because it's about the relationship between mm -hmm. China, who's the daughter, and Louis K. Also, her name's China. Yeah. Like yeah, pure, is... white, untouched, pristine China. Yeah, exactly. um, quick side note. Porcelain. Only person of color in it was um, a black singer at the end and the daughter's black friend for maybe two minutes right. yeah. The daughter's black friend's first line is, this party's about to get retarded. Yeah, yeah. so, and so one he's of her taking last... his cues from like Black Eyed Peas from eight years yeah. ago. And, how black and, and the last line was, I had a boner for you when I was 14. So, right, so... Right. Well done. Well done. Anyway, sorry, Ava. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> no. All, all relevant. Uh, but uh, Maggie and I looked at each other because there was like a moment of like oh. surreal kind of like, you, it felt like when you watch The Room for the first time, where you go like, there's no way that this was planned. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is just so telling. And what it was is there's this scene that you were mentioning about Malkovich and Charlie Day. Sitting there is like a one shot. You know, it's like a two minute scene or less. Uh, Lucy K is in the background. He plays a lot with like focus and he's not really a great director. He's never really been. Mm -hmm. But um, uh, the point is that scene happens and they walk away with their Emmys. 
And of course it's implied that since the camera is like on the table, there's other people on the, at the table, like a typical, you know, Emmy right, party. Right, it's a round, round and table. as it exits, a very awkward exit, or as people exalt, uh, a very awkward mm-hmm. exit from uh, a woman whose head is cut off in frame and she's carrying an Emmy and she like staggers out and I say stagger because like it's like a very awkward. It was so weird. Lead. Yeah, and you she had probably to, like, had camera gear. She had to step over or something. Or something. It was. Yeah. It, and and the reason that I, like I think we both like were like, what the fuck <laughs> is that? It's not just a postcard statement to say, what is it to say about this movie more than a woman with her head cut off holding, holding an, an Emmy? But it's we have also no idea like who she is. <laughs> we don't know who she is. We don't care about what's going mm-hmm. on. We just want to revel for just a second. It's your women. You're not that important, right? This is about Louis. He's you have focus. your success, though. Yeah. You got an Emmy, but I Let's mean, stay like, out of frame. Don't have words. Don't we don't have need words. to know who you are. And also, don't like like the story's not about you. Yeah. And it well, it so is about weird. your body, which is why you're included from the next. Sure. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And it felt really bizarre, and like I did not know what to do. With my eyes. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's funny to say about a movie, the entirety of which should have been edited, like until it didn't exist, <laughs> but it also needed an editor badly. Oh, it was yeah. like AI at the end where there were several false endings because what's crazy is the arcs he sets up are so confusing to him personally. You can tell while he's writing it that he has no resolutions at the end. So you, it's really hard to predict what sequence is coming next. Mm-hmm. Like he wraps up his plot with Malkovich and you're like, okay, so fade to black. No, another scene with him and his daughter. And you're like, oh, I didn't even know that was important because you've given her so little of the story. I guess it was really about your relationship with your daughter. So that's the end. No, cuts to him walking in the store with his ex-wife, just generally chatting. And you're like, when is this going to yeah. end? <laughs> It's a bad yeah. movie. It's bad. <laughs> it's so bad. Yeah, it really and it, you, I think you said, yeah, he, he's not. He doesn't make good movies. No, he's. I kept saying this. I kept talking over the movies, complaining that I never, I never liked his shows. I, I've always thought they felt clunky and like somebody else needed to edit it and stilted. And there's something okay on the small screen, especially before I knew everything there about him, uh, something charming about it. It is his ode to Woody Allen. I can get behind it. You think the premise of the situation's funny, but he's a bad director and he's a bad actor. Oh yeah. And a very bad there's editor. No emotion. But on the, on Louie, did you think the writing shined? Cause like, I do think I, he's I, a good yeah, writer. I watched jokes. I up until everything that I I knew yeah. things. I mm-hmm. watched the first couple seasons of the show and I did enjoy it, even though it always bothered me his acting. But I liked the writing enough. And to that, I'm always yeah. like right, people that are not good at actors, but they're great writers. Write shows. That's what you're good at. Yeah. <laughs> Let someone else do the acting. And not just to put my director hat on, but I couldn't help myself because like I even at one point said to you guys, I'm like, I can't help but notice this. And it's not important, but I do want to say, because some people do watch this for, like, introspection into that side of the world. There's an uh, there's an eight and a half uh, reference to Fellini at one point. 
with like a beach sequence with Rose Byrne. Also, everything about Rose Byrne in her introduction comes out of what I'm calling like a Catherine Zeta-Jones introduction from Ocean's 12. Mm-hmm. I also thought there was some from here to eternity. They're having sex on yeah, the beach. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Or even James Bond. I mean, that's where yeah. it's coming from. But just the idea that this like this little like classic kind of like chirpy music swells and she is completely mod mod art out. Like, and by that, I mean, like, she's from the 60s. She's wearing the hat. She's every single one of her piece of clothing is either like it's black and white film, but it's like one solid color. Like, it's so obvious to me that he just says, like, what's my love interest with Rose Byrne? How do I make her more of a character? Well, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to dress her in style. And that is so antithetical to the idea of making a character that when you say he's a bad director, he gives her window dressing. Yeah. yeah. He literally gives her fashion. And that is so, like, it it angers me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Plus the shot you're referring to, that was the Fellini reference, I believe like one or two shots later, is a shot that looks exactly like those Dos Equis commercials where it's just <laughs> two beach stands from behind. And it looks so much like it that you can't not, My point is, if you're going to reference some of the greatest shots of all time, the stuff surrounding it has to stand up like at all. Right. Like you can't cut to a shot that you copied so it looks good and then go back to your shitty, clumsy shots. It's really glaring. There's also Robert Altman references, which is in the kind of same movement when Malkovich is just. I guess he goes and buys ice cream and just throws it everywhere. It's this like cameras put up high and wide and zoomed in and looking at these people as if like we're like witnessing we're amateur, like we're flies on the walls. It's we're just sitting there looking at this amazing, like real slice of life. And it's done comedically in this instance because it's like Malkovich is larger than life and it's all silly, but like, I think that's how Louis C.K. thinks of himself as a director. He like he has witnessed things like we all do and we all like quote things that we admire. Mm-hmm. But ultimately he doesn't know what that quotation means. Mm-hmm. That quotation is more about the relevance of the situation being either like if if that scene had anything that like had teeth, meaning like if that scene changed anyone's mentality was an action that caused someone's strife. Someone was now forever changed. Like now we're talking about like an instance that if you were like a fly on the wall and witnessed Mm -hmm. might have an added effect with that increased realism. Well, I would argue that that was the moment he's, he, that moment happened when um, he was on a sort of date the first date with the little girl. Right. It's a story. So like that was the moment of her falling for him. Right. It was Moretz retelling the story. One of of them. Yeah. We're in Central Park doing these crazy things. But like that's therein is the rub because like it's all wrapped up in this one dimensional character Mm -hmm. of Moretz already. So China's telling the story of how stylistic the date was not talking about how fundamental to any part sure. of like right. her satisfaction was sure. Yeah. It was just like, look at this guy. This guy's crazy. Yeah. Interesting. I still don't know if she was actually into that man. Cause we don't like get to know that character that well. 
So, like, I still don't know if she was into him. I don't know if she felt like she's I, trying to piss off her dad. Like, you never even got insight right. into her. Agenda. I think so. Yeah. Like, My takeaway was that her dad was very much like, you don't do anything and also doesn't. But at the same time, doesn't challenge her to do anything. Mm-hmm. And part of the schemey scamminess of um, of John Malkovich's uh, <laughs> was that he listened to her and he talked and he said like, oh, well, it's okay that you don't know what you're doing. That's exciting. Oh, well, talk about feminism. Let me tell you about feminism. Like he. This is how like you a, groom a young teen to yeah. fuck you if you're an old yeah, man. Like he, these are the tactics. impressionable, but she. You it, act like you're listening. Yeah. But it is a daddy figure. It is like a, she was looking for that film fulfillment from him or something. Yeah. But you're, we don't get very much insight into her, right. what she's thinking. Which is like the most important thing in this situation. This is, this how is, is she feeling? feeling? In the blanks. I think that's what is driving me so mad. Is like the only thing that matters is how she feels, and I have no idea. Yeah. I don't care how Louis feels about this. I don't care how anyone at the awards ceremony feels about this. I, it's the girl who is seeing an older man. How does she feel? I have no idea. And so yeah, it's we an shouldn't have to connect movie. the dots. Yeah. yeah, I none of that's the only thing that matters in the story, and we have no idea. And the fact that Louis C.K. doesn't like. Oh, the important thing is how this woman, you know, how this woman feels. Like, how is, like, is it a good, like, ah, we don't know. Right. Because Harold and Maude exist and like, yeah, there can be such a thing as a young person, an old person, and it could theoretically not be unhealthy. It depends on the specifics of their dynamic and situation, how mature the younger person is. And we don't investigate any of that. We don't know. It's just that she's his property. Is he going to allow her or not? to be the property of John Malkovich instead. Yeah. It's kind of like, just be, yeah. It reminds me very much of, I just kind of had an epiphany or I wonder, uh, I had a fight on Twitter recently with some rando who I was, you know, and I brought up the fact that only 7% of major motion pictures last year were directed by women. And he, his legitimate response that I believe he believes was, yeah, it's weird. I wonder why women don't like to direct oh, movies. I've had that, that too. Maybe they don't have the mind for it. Oh, didn't that much. In some way, they're just not attracted to the prospect <gasps> of doing movies. And I feel like this movie is Louis C.K. going like, well, young women let me do creepy sex stuff to them. I have to figure out why they like that. Why do all women like to fuck old rich men? It's like he's not imagining that there's any possibility that they yeah. didn't want him to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the same thing, like... Just because one person gets off on what maybe it maybe there's one per, a few women out there that was like, yeah, I like it when a guy masturbates in front of me. Yeah. You know, like that makes me feel sexy and in charge. Mm-hmm. But again, it's usually not a rich guy that you admire who are going power. to for right. a job. But, and also right. it's usually when you've had a couple dates and maybe it's yeah. a third day and you're like, hey, I'm Absolutely. into this thing. Let's talk about it. Like, but eh, like then mm-hmm. like, Most but why don't in front of you is like ninth base. Yeah. Why? Well, so but like, don't all women. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to ask about uh, splash damage because we talked, we referenced at the top a little bit like it's disappointing, but I still don't know if I have the right to judge when you're like, Charlie Day, why'd you do this? Ah, oh, Helen Hunt, didn't you hear the rumors? Um, we're all complicit in this toxic society to some degree. Like, obviously, we could like go out on the streets now and write, you could always do more, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, I would love everyone's thoughts on. Like, do I, I definitely don't give Louis C.K. any money now. Do I give Helen Hunt ever? <laughs> you know what I mean? How do you judge people who do work with? Well, yeah. it's interesting because, again, I think there's a world where the Helen Hunt, where Rose Byrne doesn't know mm-hmm. 
the allegations. Um, but on the other hand, again, they read the script. And I guess and I was wondering, let's assume they do. Is Are they still, they are they evil now? It's, I'd hate just calling anyone evil because it's like, I mean, all of us, I think, at this table are pretty good, but it's like everyone does shitty things. And I'm not, and that's not excusing Lucy K, like, fuck him to the end of the earth, go die. But it's like, Helen Hunt, like, yeah, did you didn't do it. I mean, as far as I know, she didn't do anything shitty. So it's not like I, I feel like I don't have the authority to judge. Sure. sure. I think that it's something. You just take into consideration. Yeah. Um, well, because like, so you have a very limited perspective of who Helen Hunt is in mm-hmm. our life. We're like, she's this person. She's a human and she's probably not the person that you want her to be. And so here's a choice. I don't know the specifics of how she arrived in this movie, what she knew, what she didn't knew, know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it gives me pause. I don't see that many Helen Hunt movies, so I don't know. Yeah. That, but, you know, I, I also think that we are, you mentioned when we started watching, this was shot two years ago. This was well before uh, stuff had broke, uh, and it was a very different climate. I, I'm a <laughs> political detour. I'm a huge, mm-hmm. I was a huge Hillary Clinton supporter. Still am. Uh, if she ran right now, she would need to answer for her husband's assault. Mm-hmm. situation yeah. you know so i now hold people to a higher standard um i see that you made this before it all happened so there's a little bit of a pass but mm-hmm. i do take that information and i'm not going to forget it you know i'm not going to forget this performance from charlie day yeah right I yeah agree. it's i don't ever want like a young actor who's up and coming and this is their only big break to just have their career ended because they took the big break because that's so right. easy to empathize mm-hmm. with and yet it's still galling how people just keep being in Woody Allen movies. Like, That's how about you like, don't be uh, in his I movies? Don't. They can't Why make you want to be associated with that? Because like, yeah. like, 30 years ago he made a great movie. Like, so? Not great. I don't know if this reveals my ignorance. I, you know, maybe I, I always think I have a lot to learn. But I, I, I cannot blame them in any regard. Um, only because I think that there is they're they're just trying to make a living like you said and then on top of things like we can't infer without knowing like that's the court of public opinion if we're Mm -hmm. like didn't you know well you didn't answer that question that's a very valid question did any of them know like so charlie day masturbating thinking it's funny did He's you, done yeah. that before in other you know, things and we're, funny, right? you know, in like horrible bosses and we didn't like go like you bastard then. <laughs> so like, why are we doing it now? And in that respect, I also, I mean, like I'm also crazy because I, I think that he, even if I think monsters are allowed to make art, I think that they should be considered monsters like Roman Polanski or Woody Allen or Louis K. now in that fold. Right, Chinatown's still good. Chinatown's still good. Yes, you go, this was made by a mind that is horrible. I think that you can't, I I think in the past you could. I don't think that you can so much anymore because Louis C.K., a monster, continuing to make art at this point would be very, since we've entered this stage of a dialogue and open discourse about sexual assault, et cetera, Mm -hmm. would be traumatizing for a lot of people. Sure. And, Mm -hmm. And I honestly don't think that 
I don't know that if Woody Allen has movies in production, but I cannot see that being any sort of a legitimate choice for a distributor or a studio to get attached. Which, right. They're, they're right, right? And like they're they right. Should, they so yeah. so this no. is a different era. In the past, yes, we all, that's part of what we're all grappling with here is that we did let things slide for a long time mm-hmm. and made excuses, but we're not doing that anymore. Right. And we have to find a way to dismantle that system because yes, I agree. We can't have the situation where anyone who didn't oppose the system in all its forms and just like kept their head down and did their job is as guilty as a rapist. But at the same time, the vast network of people who actively covered up Harvey Weinstein shit for 20 years are highly culpable. Right. That can't, there has to be real culpability there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's not like, I agree. It's a different thing than saying I am an actor, actress who heard some rumors and still agreed to do a film, which is a one-off event. And then it was done. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just case by case basis for sure. Especially these assholes who are like, yeah, I sicked ex Assad agents on women that Harvey Weinstein had raped to threaten them into silence. You go to jail now. Right. That's no good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's absolutely different. Uh, yeah. 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 Did you have any thoughts about because I thought there was an interesting dialogue between the two of you because he was mm. usually like the four of us. But you guys kind of connected or you both re- you both responded in a like uniquely different ways, but in like kind of like a bigger way, like the same way. Uh, and I would like you to speak on the specific uh, scene where Moretz comes back from her birthday party. She's in her gown. She's got like she's been rained on. So she's got all the hair is now down, which is like a whole like Woody Allen thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's in his, uh, Malkovich is in his uh, camo kimono. And uh, they get high. And um, then she straddles him. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. she tells him how great he is basically for a while of like, and all her like, I'm thinking about these things. And then she leaves and it was the one moment we all talked about, like, well, she did have agency. She wasn't the thing that Louis C.K. said, which was that she's just a she's a minor, therefore she can't like make decisions for herself. This is her making a decision for herself. What did you guys think when you were watching that scene? Like, what what was obviously loud and like mm-hmm. fuck you, and what was is this interesting? Is this relevant? What is it? Here's the thing. I I feel like at least you know speaking personally i'm a pretty like a not aggressive person but you know when it comes to like pursuing you know like someone or whatever sex yeah sex <laughs> yeah yeah or dates or who what like i i usually make the first move i'm usually very upfront like in that way it's kind of weird because like when you know talking about all these like datings and gray areas i feel like i'm a woman that i've sometimes like you know have gone the first couple steps and you know I also have to think about like whoa have I ever made men uncomfortable probably but anyway so like but there's such a difference you can just feel it it's like palpable this was a scene like written by a man trying to make a woman seem empowered instead of like I'm a woman who is empowered and like I know how that feels and I know and it's just like and those characters had no chemistry, so it felt so fabricated. It felt like someone right. else um, decided that she, this character needed to do this now. So what what monologue can I give her so she sounds like empowered? It was just so like removed from 
actually feeling like sexy and in charge and like those things that you actually mm. feel when you're going to straddle yeah. a man. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I think we need to paint the scene a little better. She comes in after her party that got rained on and she's soaked. Mm -hmm. She's dressed like a princess. She's just had a big fight with her dad, mm -hmm. a big blowout where she's like, you've made me this way, um, which isn't false. Uh, and she kind of gets distressed and she goes to John Malkovich, who's in the middle of working somewhere. I don't know how she walks into the middle of his home. Mm, great, um, great but he's in the middle of working and he says, well, I'm working right now. And then she pursues him and lays him down and straddles him and tries to get him high. And he doesn't say get a him word. high by force. He by doesn't force. Want yeah, he yeah. Doesn't want it's to. almost as if he wanted to paint her as overly pushy so that there's no chance you could confuse that Malkovich is being. Pushy. Yeah. Right. And like and it felt like that. And th those are obviously the the thrust of the scene. Something that I don't think that Louis wrote consciously that I saw was this man manipulating a girl. Like he has toyed her along, towed her along, yeah. and flirted with her. And then she makes herself incredibly vulnerable and comes into his space trying to be like, this is what you wanted, right? Here I am. And he doesn't say a word to her. And just lets her keep talking, mm -hmm. trying to be seductive until she questions herself and she feels uncomfortable and she leaves. Honestly, it kind of broke my heart. Yeah. It's yeah. actually not agency. It's yeah. not. Yeah. You yeah. feel like it's her it. agency yeah. because Malkovich yeah, doesn't exactly. speak. That's why it feels But Malkovich so is making the choice. Exactly. Yeah. He like just he, literally doesn't speak until yeah. she leaves his and room. It's a power, so that is the choice. A power right. move. Um, and we, that's their last scene that we see with them together, I think, but we are to believe that they continue to have a relationship for some time. Um, uh, but then at some point he's like done with her, which he said to which her, he says. like he literally mm -hmm. has a monologue about trying to make it poetically relevant that he only likes having sex with young women. And when they get old, he eventually dumps them because there's something beautiful about the feeling of that severance. And you're like, Ugh. don't romanticize being an asshole. Yeah. 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 yeah but that's why it rang so false was because it was just like, she was manipulated into this. Like Louis, I think thought he was writing maybe an empowering like he thought, oh, like this is, you know, where she decides that she wants to have it. But it's like, no, she she didn't. And like, it's clear to me as someone, you know, who, you know, like I said, has no trouble like being yeah. very forward like that. But it's like it wasn't. Ugh. No, it's, it was painful. Yeah. It's painful. And in, in like scene study, mm -hmm. John Malkovich's high status. There's many scenes in this, you know, totality of cinema and TV where someone who doesn't speak the entire scene has the higher status. That's a good move, but if your move is that he's reaping the quote-unquote benefits of manipulation, mm -hmm. he's a villain, right? Mm -hmm. He's absolutely yeah. a villain, and therefore should be treated as such. I'm not saying that there ought be poetic justice or some like neoclassical kind of like karma. Yeah, karma where like if you're an ugly person inside, you look ugly outside kind of thing. Therefore, John Malkovich should have his come up and by the end of the film. I'm not saying how you make film. I'm talking about how the movie does portray it and it doesn't seem to narrate any form of like judgment upon that. Mm -hmm. Just yeah, as exactly. Katie was saying. You just as you're yeah. saying, like it's almost seen as an excuse like why have that scene if you're not going to make any relevant like right picking Pulls, yeah. out of it other than to say it's an a self-apology or a 
isn't it weird that we do this? Like, that's why people kind of mention these things. Yeah. It seemed to basically be saying, you know how sometimes old dudes fuck underage girls illegally? Yeah. Isn't that interesting? And you're like, no, there's more to it than yeah. it's just yeah. interesting. <laughs> that's like, not the takeaway. Isn't right. that fascinating and like aloof and mysterious? No, it's no. very visceral and direct and right. clear cut. And psychologists <laughs> have studied it for a long time. Yeah. And like, we know about power dynamics and why, yeah. why don't you, if you're writing this, why don't you know about that? Like, I, I do think you shouted out the one glimmer of truth, Katie, when he's, she, Chloe says, you made me this way. And I wonder if he knows that. Because in a normal symbolic reading, that would basically be saying the patriarchy is why she's willing to fuck this old man. And that point I agree with. But yeah. I don't know. It's weird. It's, it's like you said, Maggie. Mm-hmm. It would even be almost less damning if it seemed like he was so far gone he didn't know what the fuck he was talking right, about. But, but there's several lines it's, where it's ugh. like he knows he's clearly he knows. he knows what is right and wrong and the system. Yeah, and he's uh, agonizing over the fact that he keeps fucking up and not abiding by the code we all know is mor- morally right. Right. And he's yeah, it's weird. Yeah, he's just so like outlining. It's so man, weird. I keep fucking being a creep, and I try not to. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. No, do yeah. better. And uh, <laughs> no, the yeah. and he keeps being allowed to by the women around him, by everybody. But you know, even at the end, you we mentioned this earlier. There's that scene where it's like hard to imagine he's not being very personal here, where he's saying, "I fucked up. I fucked up. I ruined it all." And uh, the woman, his woman co-worker was like you were a great writer you just aren't anymore um that was like Mm -hmm. really like powerful but then she goes on to say but we can just make a lot of tv it's gonna be fine it's got a whole thing and that's fun you're good at it let's keep doing it you're like no isn't it interesting that in i mean maybe it's not but i find it the most interesting part of this movie that the false agency that he orients all of his female characters mm-hmm, with, mm-hmm. of course he's going to be misled by the fact that the women that he masturbated in front of uh, who didn't do anything, quote unquote, or say anything, he saw as a form of agency. Mm-hmm. In other words, mm-hmm. false agency. Because they were like, oh, you're not, I'm, I can do this. I can get away with this. Right. That must mean that this is you allowing it. Mm-hmm. That's an empowerment of yourself. Mm-hmm. That's a justification in your mind. Exactly. Yeah. And to me, that's what every scene in the third act does, mm-hmm. is essentially say, it, it, there's deplorable actions that we all make. Act one and two. Act three, we're all perverts, but at least we're talking to each other like real people. <laughs> And that's what he thinks he's saying. Uh, yeah, lay your daughter, lead her own life. Uh, uh, maybe she won't choose to fuck the old man. Maybe if she does fuck the old man, it'll be good for her. Because like other older... She'll grow up and right. get a job. Yes, a woman Whoa. tells him straight up, Pamela Adlin tells him, it would be good if she fucked an old man. Something needs to grow her up. Yeah. Not yeah. that. That, oh, I forgot that line. And, and this now is I a just woman Which is also confusing because she was the one saying, you can't have your daughter right. around him. That was a very confusing. Oh, yeah. Well, it uh, also just doesn't hold up as it, like you pointed yeah. out. In the same scene, they go like, it's before lunch because the scene starts with him canceling an upcoming lunch date. 
Then his daughter arrives and says, do you want to go to dinner? Like, it's, it's also so a bad dumb. movie where it just is bad and yeah, there's a bunch of glaring sense. problems. Uh, I, it. I, 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 it blows my mind that, okay, it's gone through whatever drafts. It's been sent out to all these people. Producers have gone through. They've broken down the scene. And then we're on set. And literally no one at any point in this process says, hey, man, small continuity error here. Two yeah. minutes ago, we yeah. said it was lunchtime. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it, it no, was... It's, well, it's because when you are successful like people they, will just bend over but they're like oh this is great script yeah come on in yeah you're an auteur blah, blah, there's blah. a reason why the harry potter books get longer as she got more successful sure you know like yeah. you, you're less edited and i think this is that's why this is unbridled louis ck he was not edited he yeah. got to do Bad. what he wanted and say what he wanted and speaking of that edie, Fal- edie falco scene it just hit me how amazing it is that the last shot of this movie is Louis C.K. being comforted by a woman that he's not listening to. Her voice yep. fades out and yep. he's staring yep. into space. It happens twice. Yeah. <laughs> it happens with Edie Falco and then happens with that, uh, uh, Moretz. Mm-hmm. Because it, when the, I mean, the final, the final scene is her... At, at the, the counter at the That's mall. That's true. The last two scenes are the same sequence. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's like... Uh, because what that says, I think, dramatically is we aren't there. We don't need to hear it. But he listened. Yeah. Which is such funny like, that's going out on a literally not Louis. listening. Yeah, he's not listening. <laughs> like, I'm going to assume you're not listening. Until he's being like comforted. Context clues. He's allowing himself to be comforted that they're there. Yeah. But not listening to what they're saying. Right. Um, right. Active listening is like, let me regurgitate your thoughts yeah. a little bit to you. <laughs> not, yeah. not and like, hear you. Not like a knowing that you're there, but letting your voice be womp, 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 womp. It's you know? exactly right. <laughs> or the music of. While she rubs his back and tells him how he's great. I just. Maggie Mayfish being a fish. I don't know. Well, we're about out of time. Good. What, what Does, else? good. <laughs> good. Yeah, I, I always want to leave the floor open for final thoughts. Oof. Jerry Springer I think, style. I think I left it all on the table, guys. I yeah. love that. Um. Like, <laughs> this is a captivating experience for me. Very yeah. special episode of Frame Rate. Yeah, we won't always be this divisive. Do we do the shout outs for uh, social media? Absolutely. Please tell everyone where they can find and follow you and I your mean, works. Follow me on the Twitter, the Twitter thing. Uh, at Katie Stoll, Katie with a Y. Thanks. Mm, thank you. <laughs> okay, thanks. Bye. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you can find me Maggie May Fish May with an E, not a Y, mm-hmm, not the mm-hmm. month. My uh, dead grandmother. Um, huh. Yeah, uh, Twitter, uh, Twitch, and uh, YouTube. Yeah. And you know us as Small Beans. Small Beans. Thank you again, guys. This was yeah. not fun, but fun. But a good yeah. time nonetheless. Yeah, and guys. so. Th- so thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us. Anytime. And we love you. This has been a Small Beans Endeavor. We're a bunch of pals who make podcasts, sketches, music, web series, and movies. The Beans always have new ideas percolating, so make sure to check us out at patreon.com slash smallbeans. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash smallbeans, where you can browse all of our current and past content, see what we've got planned in the future, and learn how your support can help the Small Beans grow into huge, giant monster beans. If you enjoyed this content module, please like, rate, subscribe, or tell a friend about us. 
we love you. <laughs>